0: This is Tim Bryan, pastor of Lifeway Apostolic Church, and this is our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. My prayer is that this message will inspire, build your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Enjoy this message. Amen. If you want to turn with me in your Bible to 1 Peter, amen, if you want to stand with me, that would be... Appropriate, and then also we're going to go to Leviticus chapter number eight, Raphael. Leviticus chapter eight. I have a few scriptures today, and um, I want to speak to you. Pray that not long, but from my heart, um, what we desire for this church. And for the kingdom of God. 1 Peter chapter number 2. And if you know this chapter well, you will know probably kind of where I'm going. 1 Peter 2, verse number 9 and 10. Uh, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth. Everybody say, show forth. I like action words. The fruit of your life should show something, especially walking with God. Well, your life is going to show something, good fruit or bad fruit, but um, should show forth the praises. Uh, should show forth. So if you call yourself a child of God, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar, a peculiar, peculiar people, tongue twister, that ye should show forth the praises of Him. There's boldness right now because when God gets a hold of your life and you understand who you are, your, your actions change. Show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. I'm thankful that I'm not living in darkness, that I'm living in light. Which, verse number 10, in time past were not a people but are now the people of God which, are, which had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Mercy, amen. You can be seated and I'll remain standing. Um, Let's go to, let me change things up here. Let's go to um, John chapter number 13. And um, John 13. John chapter number 13. Again, I want to say thank you to all of our guests that are here. If you're here and you're a we say thank you for making the choice to come here to Lifeway. And uh, so we give you honor today and thank you um, for, for being with us. Everybody say amen. John chapter number 13, verse number 1. Um, now before the feast of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour was come. That he should depart out of this world unto the Father. Having loved his own, which were in the world, he loved them until the end. How many really thankful for the love of Jesus? The supper being ended, the devil having now put into hit into the heart of Judas, Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. There's always going to be an adversary, but we do not have to be afraid of the adversary. John was writing here not to get you afraid of an adversary. He just makes it known that, Judas had had a spirit, and but it is not for us to go. Somebody's got a spirit. It's not. We don't have to be afraid. Uh, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into His hand, and that He was come from God and went to God, He riseth from supper, and laid aside His garments. He took a towel, and He girded Himself. After that, He poured water into a basin or a pot bucket or something like that, and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter. Now, Simon Peter's personality comes out a little bit in this, but it's very revelatory. And Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And Jesus uh, answered and said unto him, Well, I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know Hereafter, when God does something and wants to do something, you may not understand it all, but you need to be obedient. After this, you, you will, so obedience came and then understanding. You follow that in Scripture right there? Obedience came, faith came, and then understanding. Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know. Hereafter Peter said unto him, Thou shalt Never wash my feet. God help Peter! Right? Thou shalt never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, "If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me." And then all of a sudden, Peter's attitude changed. <laughs> you know, you know, we can rise up a little bit, but really, when we get an understanding of what Jesus is trying to do, and He speaks directly to us, how our tone changes. Thou shalt never wash my feet and Jesus answered if I, if I wash thee not thou hast no part with me Simon Peter said unto him Lord then he flips he may, he flips the script he says well okay um, Simon Peter said Lord not my feet only then but also my hands and my head it's all or nothing for him it's like easy. no Lord don't wash my feet but okay but if you're going to wash my feet wash my head and my hands and I, I wash all of me, in other words, from head to toe. Get behind my ears. Get in my the, the crux of my of my fingernails. Say get get everywhere. I want my I want everything to be washed. I want to make sure I, I, I not just my feet only. And Jesus said unto him, He that He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit. And ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him, therefore he said, you are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments, may say garments, and was set down again, he said unto them, know ye what I have done to you. You call me master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. And if I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. But let's go to Leviticus now, because I I feel like we need to just lay some groundwork in scripture. I'm just going to talk for a little bit, and God's going to do something fantastic in this room. And um, without a shadow of a doubt. I feel faith is high in this room. Um, People are are going to leave changed. That's what the word of God does. And I pray that I can communicate it with the help of the Lord. Leviticus chapter number 8. Now we have a view of Peter. Um, saying to the Lord, Lord, not my feet only, but wash everything. Wash my head, my hands. Yeah, you know, Leviticus eight. Leviticus is a um, some would say is a very difficult book to read, but it's re- very revelatory in um, in many things throughout Scripture. And if you notice some things, um, this is this is this is beautiful. Uh, Romans or Leviticus eight one and the Lord spake unto Moses saying take Aaron and his sons with him and the garments and anointing oil and a bullock for the sin offering and two rams and a basket of unleavened bread there was a lot of offerings notice this is a sin offering everybody say sin offering Gather thou in a congregation together unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And Moses did as the Lord commanded him. And the assembly was gathered together unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Now, I don't have time to go into all the different things of, of the, how that was set up and all that. But verse number five, and Moses said unto the congregation, this is the thing which the Lord commanded to be done. Notice the congregation went expecting. They were obedient. They showed up and they were there to receive Um, the instructions from Moses. And Moses brought Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. Everybody say they washed them. And he put upon them uh, the coat and girded them with a girdle and clothed him with the robe and and put the ephod upon him. And he girded him with the uh, curious girdle of the ephod and bound it unto him therewith. And he put the breastplate upon him also, and he put in the breastplate the Urim and the Thummim. And I think I said that right. And he put, I tried, I practiced. And he put the mitre upon his head and also the mitre even upon his forefront. Did he put the golden plate, the holy crown, as the Lord commanded Moses. It's nice when people do exactly what God commanded them to do. There is order when it comes to the things of God. In verse number 10, and Moses took the anointing oil. Very important. Anointed the tabernacle and all that was in it, and sanctified them. Verse number 11, and he sprinkled thereof upon the altar seven times, and anointed the altar and all his vessels, both the laver, which is the washing of the hands and the feet, and his, and his foot to sanctify them. And he poured of the anointing oil upon Aaron's head, and anointed him to sanctify him. And Moses brought Aaron's sons, the next generation, and put coats upon them, and girded them with girdles, and put bonnets upon them, as the Lord commanded Moses. Now, I'm going to read a little bit more, but y'all just follow along. I need you to understand and just kind of listen along. And he brought the bullock from the sin offering. It was a sin offering. And Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head of the bullock for the sin offering. And he slew it, and Moses took the blood. Everybody say Blood. And put it on the horns of the altar round about uh, with his finger and purified the altar and poured the blood at the bottom of the altar and sanctified and make reconciliation upon it. So we have two things that are very important here. Oil and the blood. Two things begin to be applied. Oil and the blood. Everybody say oil and blood. All right. It's like a good old-fashioned Bible study right here. I believe There's two things that need to be applied to our life, the blood and the oil, okay? Um, And he brought verse number 18, are we at 18, 16? 16. And he took all the fat that was upon the inwards and the call above the liver and the two kidneys and the fat. And then Moses burned it upon the altar. But the bullock and his hide, his flesh and his dung, he burnt with fire without the camp as the Lord commanded Moses. He did exactly what God commanded him to do. And he brought the ram for a burnt offering. And Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head of the ram. And he killed it. And Moses sprinkled blood upon the altar round about. And he cut the ram into pieces. And Moses burnt offering. And we'll keep going. Verse number 21. And he washed the inwards and the legs in the water. And Moses burnt the whole ram upon the altar. And it was a burnt sacrifice for a sweet savor. And the offering made by fire unto the Lord. And then we find later on in scripture here. um, Let's go to verse number 22. And he brought the other ram and the ram of consecration. And Aaron and his sons laid their hands upon the head of the ram. And he slew it. And Moses took of the blood of it and put it upon the tip of Aaron's right ear. And upon the thumb of his right hand and upon the great toe of his right foot. That means his big toe. Unless he had three great toes or two. And he brought Aaron's sons, and Moses put the blood upon the tip of the right ear and upon the thumbs of the right hands, and upon the great toes of the right feet. And Moses sprinkled the blood upon the altar round about. Um, let's, let's move down just a little bit. I don't want to read necessarily the whole um, chapter here. And let's go to verse number 30. So we have this Altar and the sin offering. You have these bullocks. You have blood and you have oil. Very uh, symbolizes great things throughout scriptures. And Moses took the anointing oil, verse number thirty, and the and of the blood. So he takes two things: the blood and the oil. Somebody say blood and oil, which was upon the altar, and he sprinkled it upon Aaron. And upon his garments, and upon his sons, and upon his sons' garments with him. And sanctified Aaron and his garments, and his sons, and his sons' garments with him. And Moses said unto Aaron and to his sons, Boil the flesh at the door, the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, and there eat of it with the bread that is in the basket of the consecration I commanded, saying, Aaron and his sons shall eat it, and they that which remaineth with the flesh of the bread shall ye burn, and the Bible says that they stayed in the tabernacle for seven days. Sprinkled with oil and of blood. When they sprinkled it, you can look in Scripture that they would sprinkle it all over their whole body. Oil and blood. They had freshly washed garments. They had freshly washed hands. They had freshly washed uh, uh, bodies, if you will. And they presented themselves fresh and clean and and, and and with a spirit of a sin offering they they asked God to forgive them of the sin and they washed themselves but then the blood and anointing were applied to the priests. Moment we read in first Peter two nine if you can put that back up there, Brother Raphael. First Peter two and nine, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal generation priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God has chosen you. They say that again. God has chosen you. He has called you. He has purposed in his heart things for you. Jeremiah 29 speaks that he has good thoughts towards you. He has things that he wants to accomplish in your life. He wants to do things in your life. And many want to circumvent the process. Many want to have, a, have, have, have a respect, if you will, or a title, and want to go straight to anointing without the sacrifice of sin or the sacrifice of the bull of sin, without going to the cross of Calvary, without going to a time of repentance. There are many people in this world that will state and say that They are a victim or they are somebody that everybody's always against them. But my Bible says that if I come to the Lord, that he is for me. He's not against me. I'm glad I serve a God who is willing to say, I will fight for you. I, I will reach down to your soul. I will come down to this earth and die for you are many people that we will say that is against us, but I know that God is for us. I know that there is a spirit in this world that, yes, that is fighting against us, but again, I do not have to be afraid of the enemy because he's really not even an enemy. He's just somebody that, 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 that has a little bit of limited power. Yeah, he does have some power, but I'm thankful I serve a God that, 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 that had made even him and, and will cap his ability. And put him in his place. I'm thankful today that I know a name. That when the enemy comes into me. I can say in the name of Jesus Christ. You got to step back. You got to flee. You got to go the opposite direction. I'm thankful that I know who Jesus is. And when he came and he says. I am for you. I'm not against you. He said I'm going to show you how much I am for you. He said "I, I will lay down my life for you. I will come. I will minister I will heal just to reveal who I really am and I and I will lay down my life for you and then when I die they will take stripes and they will they will they will uh, whip my back and they will with a cat of nine tails and they will rip the wounds and they, and they will they will spear me in my side they'll put a crown of thorns upon my head and the very blood that spills from my life will be so powerful that it will wash away sin It will wash away the stain of shame. It will wash away the stain of guilt. That's how powerful God is. He has that blood flowing through his veins, if you will. And it's not just blood just for that period of time. That blood is eternal blood. I said it's eternal blood. It's a blood that will live forever. It never loses its power. The old song says, I'm thankful that I serve a God that when he died, his blood is just not for just one or two, but, but it's for whosoever will. Let him come and he, he can see and feel the presence of God and receive the blood of Jesus Christ. I, If you have not repented of your sins, today can be a day you can repent. You say, God, forgive me of my sins. And the Bible says that his blood will wash you. You can't get to the anointing oil without the washing and without the blood being applied to your life. Many people want a ministry, but they do not want the blood applied and their sins. They want to live this way and have the anointing. It doesn't work that way. And work that way. And as a body of believers here today, we are going to desire the anointing of God, but we have to do things proper and in order, just like Jesus commanded Moses. These are the things that need to take place in order to receive the anointing. I I truly believe, and I begin to pray, and I say, God, I want the anointing of your spirit. But the Lord says, You got to deal with some things first, you got to repent got to make sure you're washed and you're clean. And when they're washing their garments and the tabernacle were cleansed and, and all these things, then the anointing and the blood was started to be applied. If the ram was not killed, there would be no blood to be applied. All right. I said if the ram in Leviticus 8 was not killed for the sin offering, then the blood could not be applied and the anointing could not be applied. There is a proper order in things in the word of God. So we come to Peter. Peter says something very powerful in this moment. Because he had walked with God, Robert. He had seen Jesus face to face. I don't, understand, I don't think we understand how powerful that had to be to be in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I don't think we really understand what it means to be in God's presence. We, we get a taste here and there, and you may get goosebumps on your spine when you're singing a song and, and when you're praying, but I really don't know if we really understand what it really means to be in God's presence, because when you're in God's presence, you, 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 you can't operate like everything else operates. You, you almost got to fall to your knees, and Isaiah was laid prostrate on the ground Because the earth shook when the presence of God began to fall around him. I'm here to tell you today that I long to have the presence of God and the anointing of God so strong that it doesn't matter what's going on around us. It doesn't matter what I'm wearing. It doesn't matter the car that we drive. It doesn't matter our background. But when you're in the presence of God, you say, God, don't just wash my feet. Wash my hands. Wash my head. Wash my life. Do everything you need to purify my spirit. There's got to be something within our life that longs for the anointing of God. We'll transcend. We'll skip steps, but God is not calling a church that skips things. Not calling for a church, and one doesn't can cannot anoint a church that bypasses scriptural protocol, if you will maybe the wrong word there but you think I think you understand what I'm saying in the old testament in Leviticus chapter number 8 and we mirror that with Jesus Christ and we mirror that ram as Jesus as he died and he spilled that blood and he has given us that blood to overcome the sin and wash away that sin I do not want to be, I guess the first thing that I, I try to do is I look at myself. And the first thing that we have to do as a church is look at ourselves and then look at ourselves as a body of believers. Now, I, how many would like to have revival in this church? I, I desperately want revival, but I think there's got to be some cleansing, some blood applied before we get there. There's got to be, in order for the anointing oil of God to be poured out in the way he desires, I think the Lord's waiting for some things. I think the Lord's waiting for somebody to just completely say, I'm yours, Lord. Uh, This is me. I'm sorry for the things that I've done. Sorry for the the things and the way I've treated people. I'm sorry, God, for the, the, well, the things that I have uh, seen or done have been a part. I'm, I'm changing my life with the help of your blood and your power. And the only way that God's anointing is going to flow in this church and the anointing of God is going to flow is it's going to start right here on my head, and it's going to flow through this body. You're looking at a pastor who desires the anointing of God to flow, not just through me, but through this body of believers. The Bible says that Aaron was anointed as a priest, as a leader of the body. Jesus said, Peter, you don't understand exactly what's happening right now, but I'm preparing you for something. You need to submit to the washing of your feet and your hands and your head Peter had that attitude like, well, wash everything of me. Everything of me. And I think that was a transformative point in Peter's life when he said, God, wash all of me. Now, he acted like a knucklehead a few scriptures later. He did. But Peter also preached the greatest message in Acts chapter number one and chapter number two. Excuse me, Acts chapter number two. One of the greatest messages. Message of salvation. Salvation. And I believe he had a revelatory moment because he allowed Jesus to wash him, to cleanse him for the preparation of what was to come. If Aaron and his sons and the priests were not washed and cleansed, they would not be able to have the blood applied or the anointing applied to their life. What Jesus was proposing or telling Peter, you understand what this washing is going to do. You're going to realize this afterwards, but you have to be cleansed. You don't understand about what's going to happen to your life. Jesus knew that Peter was going to be preaching on the day of Pentecost. Jesus knew what Peter's uh, job was going to be, his calling was going to do. But Jesus said, you got to be washed first, Peter. You must receive this washing. You may not understand what's coming, but I do. And this is an integral part. God knows what he wants to do in your life. And God knows what he wants to do in this church. But he's saying there's got to be a cleansing. Let me not confuse anybody. We're not saying, we're going to separate the wheats from the tares and y'all, y'all need to go and this, that, and the other. No, I'm calling for a cleansing of the body today. Everybody okay? We're going to pray for the cleansing of the body, because when the body is cleansed and we our lives are cleansed, then the blood can be applied. The overcoming of the sin and the shame, and the power of that blood will begin to 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 to, to cover a multitude of sins in our life, cover a multitude of things in our life. And when God begins to cleanse us and God begins to wash away the sin and the guilt and the shame of our past. Then God says I got something more for you. I got the power of the Holy Ghost which is his anointing and when you feel that Holy Ghost begin to come down upon your spirit, it's not just going to touch your head. It's not just going to touch your hands. It's not just going to touch your feet but it's got to be something that comes from the inside and pours outside of you because when you are a royal priesthood and you're a holy nation and when you're anointed of God, you You will then show forth the the praises of him who brought you out of darkness into this marvelous light. There's something about when somebody is not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The world and the spirit of this world will condemn you and say your worship and your praise And your love for God is crazy, wonky, doesn't belong in this area, doesn't belong on this place. But I'm here to tell you today in the face of people saying that we're crazy. You know let me tell you I'm, cra- I'm crazy for the love of Jesus Christ and I, I'm crazy to receive enough of the anointing of God that, that when God calls me to lay hands on the sick I, I truly believe that God will recover them and, and I lay hands on people that are that are having problems whether it be in their family, whether it be in their job. I'm just crazy enough to have enough faith that God has cleansed me. God has washed me with his blood and he has anointed me to be able to lay my hands on somebody and they shall be healed. I'm just crazy enough today to believe that. I just feel as though today that we need a good old fashioned cleansing of our spirit. We need a good old fashioned cleansing of our spirit. Because this is what's going to happen. Just like in 1 Peter 2.9, or 2.8 and 2.9, they showed forth something. Everybody say they show forth. What that is that is fruit of what happened, that you are now kings and priests, you are a royal priesthood, And the only way, there are many people that will throw that out there on social media. I'm a royal priest and I'm a holy nation and I'm doing this, that, and the other. And they have not been cleansed and they have not been washed. You better be careful who you allow to speak into your life if they have not been washed and they have not been cleansed and are not anointed of God. think that, well, I know that we have come to a place in this church and in our lives and in your families and the families that are here and in people that are here that it's time to consecrate your life to the Lord completely completely you know where you fear that if God goes what in the world's going to happen you're wondering well Pastor, if I really do what the word of God says, then think a lot of things are going to change in my life and things that then what are people going to think and what are people going to say? and What are people going to do? Then I'll be the one on the outside looking in. Who cares what people think? I said, who cares what people think? i will say that again. Who cares what people think? Because what they're really going to think is that person has changed their anointed. And when they need prayer, guess who they're going to call? And when they need somebody to lay hands on them, guess who they're going to call? They're not going to be calling the Ghostbusters. They're going to be calling the Holy Ghost. And that God's Spirit will fall down upon them so they too, their lives can be changed. How many times that people have said, I, you know, there's something different about you. Will you pray for me? Will you you pray for me? Will you, will you, you, you consider our family? Will you pray for our family? And I've told people time again. Well, first, before I pray, I want to give you the gospel. You need to repent of your sins. I can pray for you, but I want you to know that you need to be cleansed. That God will hear your prayers. Hear your prayers. Here's what we're going to do today. I'm I'm pretty much done. we're going we're gonna to have a little prayer meeting. We come to church to pray, right, and worship. We're going to pray. Now, I'm going to challenge your flesh here today. I know you've stood, and I know you've prayed, and you've clapped, and some have played. And, and, but I, I'm not asking for 30 seconds of, woe is me, let's go to lunch. I'm asking you to go before God, that God may cleanse you and wash you. It's just, this is a time of celebration. You know when the Lord says the angels rejoice? It's not when they're anointed with the Holy Ghost. It's when they repent. All heavens rejoice when one sinner repents. In other words, when they say, Lord, I want to live for you, and they start about face, and they saw Jesus, and they begin to walk towards him. And God begins to give him his blood. That's when all heaven begins to rejoice when one sinner says, "I am, I want to be like the Lord." That's when heaven rejoices. And heaven continues to rejoice, don't get me wrong, but it's not when we, we celebrate when somebody... Is filled with the Holy Ghost, and that is proper and right. But I also want to celebrate when God, because when God forgives somebody and washes them, we should celebrate just like all of heaven celebrates, because we know what's coming hereafter. We know what's going to happen next. They're going to be endued with power. They're going to be endued with a sound mind. They're going to be endued with the love of God. So I worship that I know what they're about to receive. I'm excited today because I know what we're about to receive from God. I want us to stand together right now. Now, if you have never been a part of Pentecostal or an apostolic church, let me just, just put it down in layman's terms here today. We need to ask God to forgive us of our sins and our wrongdoings. We need to ask God to wash us, and to cleanse us. And then the Bible teaches us that we have, a, we have a, a baptismal tank over here and it's got wood on it. It's got this top on it and it's heated and all that, all that great stuff. And, um, and sometimes we want to beautify baptism, but really baptism is not about the type of trough or type of tank it's in. It's, so, it's, a, it's, it's identifying with Jesus when he was buried He was buried in that grave, but he rose up in power and might. It is a type of cleansing, it's a type of washing. So when you repent of your sins completely unto God and you ask God to forgive you of everything that you've done and ask God to wash you and to, and, 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 and to show himself to you in power and might and you're baptized in the name of Jesus, there's an anointing that's going to come. The blood's applied. There's a washing that was applied and when the anointing hits, it's like something that only heaven can give. It is a heavenly thing. It is a heavenly language and then all of a sudden, sudden we are part of the kings and the royal priesthood and we begin to show forth praises. Perhaps you would never praised that way before. Perhaps you would never prayed that way before. But I'm here to tell you today, God wants to pour out an anointing upon this body that allows us to begin to exalt Him in a heavenly way and in, a, in a wonderful way in a godly way. So I love my brother and my sister differently. I, 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 I learn to, to appreciate the things that God has given to me. My life, and this is going to be difficult for some of you because you know to do good and you know to repent, but you don't want to at the same time. But I'm going to rebuke that spirit and the spirit of fear in this room. I'm going to rebuke the spirit of fear. I want to ask God to bring faith into this room, bring faith into your mind and faith into your spirit. We're going to pray. And when you feel the Holy Ghost begin to reach out to you in the Spirit of God, I want you to begin to open up your mouth and begin to tell God, Lord, I want to be like you. God, forgive me. I don't want to walk after the things of this world. I want to walk after you. And if you're completely sincere and you are right before God and you earnestly long to desire his presence, God will fill you and he will begin to anoint you with his Spirit. So let's pray right now. I'm going to pray against the spirit of fear. I want you to begin to pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. If you would like to know more information about our church, please check us out on Facebook at Lifeway Apostolic Church. May God richly bless you.